0: Support for LAist comes from Visual Communications, presenting VC Film Fest, celebrating 40 years of Asian and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander filmmaking, with over 200 films May 1st through 10th. Info at festival.vcmedia.org.
1: This is about take 12 of this rant. I'm trying to keep it short so that we can get to the, to the good stuff, but... The point of this rant is that I hate cultural gatekeepers. I hate the kinds of people who are responsible for there being labels at the bookstore that say literature and fiction. Come on. Dickens was fiction back in the day. He was popular, and now he's literature. Cultural gatekeepers, they want to establish this kind of canon. They want to show off their knowledge. Uh, They want to promote what they think is good, and they have forgotten that every generation thinks that the next generation's art is crap. That Beethoven, he was an upstart. Picasso? What does he know? Blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, that rap, that's not music. Instead, they should just say, I don't like it, but here, listen to it, see what you think. But I don't think they're secure enough to do that. There are rare exceptions, and Alex Ross is one of those exceptions. He's the music writer for The New Yorker. And, uh... About half the time when I read an Alex Ross article about some kind of music, about half the time I wind up buying one or two of the pieces of music that he's writing about. And about half the time I like it and half the time I don't, but my mind has been opened. It makes me think. Alex Ross was on Off Ramp a number of times and... Back in 2016, we had one of my favorite conversations, and it was all about John Williams, who is another person who, you know, people think his music is just overly commercial or whatever. But no, turns out it's actually good, and it's been voted good by the people who listen to it, which is good enough for me. So let's dip into the Off-Ramp Archive. This is from February of 2016, and uh, John Williams, I think, was just about to get an Oscar for some music he'd written for... You know, one of the nine million films that he scored. Alex Ross, welcome back to Off ramp
0: Thanks, John. Good to be here. When did
1: he start composing for films?
0: He started all the way back in the 1960s, even the sort of late 1950s, I think. And so it's this extraordinary career. And the particular moment John Williams really became a, a singular force was in the 1970s when he started these relationships with Steven Spielberg. You're going to need a bigger boat. George Lucas. And historically, it was very important what he did at that point, because traditional film scoring was somewhat on the decline. You know, in the late 60s, with Easy Rider and and The Graduate, um, the philosophy had developed that, you know, instead of commissioning a score that would, you know, blanket the, the movie from beginning to end, we would be leaning on pop songs to convey moods and, and establish location and feeling and all of that and you know there's also Stanley Kubrick's remarkable gesture with 2001 of, of using you know entirely pre-existing recordings of, of classical works for the business Of film scoring, you know, not only for the composers themselves, but for those hundreds of wonderful musicians around Southern California who have careers, you know, largely based around playing in film orchestras. There was an atmosphere that, you know, of trepidation uh, that all this might be going away, And, and John Williams stepped in and unleashed the full resources of the symphony orchestra and almost single-handedly revitalizing the business of film scoring and making it seem essential again.
1: And looking at Star Wars in particular, I, I would guess that, you know how Alec Guinness is there and he makes it a quality picture. It's not just a sci-fi picture, but look, we got Alec Guinness.
0: You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy.
1: I would guess George Lucas wanted somebody to give it classical film oomph. Yeah, yeah. To, to put that seal of approval on it. Not, this isn't just a sci-fi picture. Look, we have a classical score. This is a real picture that yeah, you need to take seriously. Yeah,
0: and you know his initial instinct apparently was to use pre-existing recordings Lucas Kubrick had done. Yes, and Spielberg, who had worked with him on Jaws, told Lucas talk to John Williams. And John Williams came in and, you know, as the story is told, made the case for a new score in place of pre-existing recordings and Lucas had Gustav Holst and William Walton and and actually uh, Eric Wolfgang Korngold. Uh, Williams said, I can do all of that with freshly composed music and the sense was it's going to have more impact if it's brand new, if if it's music that no one has heard before, but paying homage to those styles of the late 19th and early 20th century, which were going to give you know, what was ostensibly a, a kind of kids' sci-fi adventure heft. You know, with Star Wars, suddenly, with the, the famous main title theme, we were back in the language of the 30s and 40s, classic Hollywood.
1: Can you walk us through what's happening in those in those opening notes? ba ba ba
0: it's actually very intricate and complicated music when you really sort of look into how it works. You know, everyone can hum that main trumpet tune, but in terms of everything that surrounds it and, and how it plays out in the orchestra, there is a lot of other activities swirling around there. And in the, the fanfares that you hear right before uh, the theme is unleashed... It's actually quite harmonically different from our standard Western major minor harmonic vocabulary. It's all built up of fourths, these these chains of fourths. And you can sort of hear it if you if you listen really carefully. Bum, 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 bum. Those are fourths, sorry for my or intonation, um, and and so those are kind of you know as the theme unfolds, those are swirling around in the background. Uh, there's also something rhythmically tricky that happens. You know, a lot of people, if, if they're gonna you know hum the Star Wars theme, they're gonna hum something like this: But that's not it. It goes ba Bum, bump. And if you hear that you know those first two notes are equal values. Bum, buh, 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 buh. But then after that, as the as the pattern repeats, bum 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 bum. So it's two beats and then one beat, two beats and then one beat. And it's it's a it's a little bit off-kilter, uh, in a way. You, you, you can sort of stumble as, as you try to you know, keep up with it rhythmically. There's kind of this asymmetrical, sort of slightly chaotic quality to it, which I think very much expresses this idea of the ragtag rebellion standing up to the empire. You know, this is their, their march theme. Uh, and it is not perfectly regimented and predictable in terms of how it unfolds
1: we got to take a break here, but coming up, I will ask Alex Ross, is John Williams just a big old copycat? This is Off Ramp from LA Studios.
0: Support comes from Visual Communications, presenting VC Film Fest, celebrating 40 years showcasing Asian and Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander filmmaking, featuring over 200 works ranging from narrative film, documentary films, photo exhibits, and new media. VC Film Fest honors our beloved elder cultural workers, linking them to present and emerging artists to empower communities and challenge perspectives. May 1st through 10th in Little Tokyo and in Long Beach. Info at festival.vcmedia.org.
1: I'm talking with Alex Ross of The New Yorker about John Williams, who's up for yet another film score Oscar. One of the most important parts of your article about John Williams is when you debunk the notion that all John Williams does is copy other composers, that the main Star Wars theme sounds a lot like Eric Korngold's music. And how this part of the Star Wars score... sounds like Mars from Holst's the Planets. And as you write in The New Yorker, the Tatooine Desert in Star Wars is a dead ringer for the steps of Stravinsky's The Rite of Spring.
0: Yeah, I mean, this has followed him around for years and years, and I think rather unfairly. I mean, there's certainly some moments in the Star Wars score where the resemblance is really close. And, you know, film composers, when they're working in this you know, really limited span of time. Uh, sort of the you know last stage of the project. You know, there's some shortcuts uh, you can take, and and you know, if your director says, you know, I want something that you know sounds like corn gold here, uh, you know, you 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 take the kernel of a kind of corn gold idea and then add your own thing to it. But Williams, he always reinvents the models that you that you can sometimes hear very clearly. Yeah, well, Brahms uh, someone once asked Brahms about how much the the big theme in the final movement of his first symphony uh, resembled Beethoven's Ode to Joy, and Brahms's response was, Any ass can hear that. <laughs>
1: you also argue however that he as he's become more bankable he's become much more predictable not as not as uh, exciting as he was when you first started listening to his film scores
0: you know certainly you know since the the mid 70s he has become such a kind of he's got to
1: do john williams colossus
0: you know and yeah people just give give me more of that john williams stuff and and it's a particular uh, style that he adopted in that period that people want to hear more of because he can do you know it's you know really runs the gamut and can employ a, a, a much more dissonant sort of modernistic vocabulary and he also does you know jazz so well but, but they want to hear those big romantic gestures and, and that's what people ask him to do over and over again.
1: Alex great to see you again.
0: Thanks so much John always a pleasure to be here.
1: I taped that conversation with Alex Ross back in February of 2016. This is Off Ramp from Elias Studios I'm John Raby thank you so much for listening Please subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating, tell your friends, put it on Facebook. It all helps to support Off-Ramp, and it helps to get the word out about all the great stuff that's happening in the world around you. I'll talk to you next week on the Off-Ramp.
0: This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people.